Welcome to the One Small Difference Podcast, where we explore the journey of those who are daring to live for the common good to discover the difference that they're making in the world. My name is Kevin Duke, and I co-host the show with David Dryden. And so far, we have just put content out there and let it speak for itself. And we thought it would be a good idea if we just kind of laid the foundation for what this podcast is about and why we decided to do it in the first place. Many of the greatest thinkers throughout history have promoted the idea of living for the common good, from Aristotle to Augustine to Aquinas. Philosophers have always been fascinated by the idea of individuals choosing to live in a way that is beneficial for all members of society. That, they say, is the good life. That is a life that's worth living. But we believe this ancient idea is also the way of the future. And that if we're going to solve our biggest problems, we have to approach business, social work, politics, art, civic life, education, and family from that standpoint. Now, the problem is that way of living is not common. It, uh, it, it kind of runs counterintuitively to, uh, to a lot of our American culture. Now, we interview people who are daring to, right in the middle of that culture, implement an alternative philosophy in their approach to solving problems. And that includes people from every sector of society, from coffee shop owners to tattoo artists to educators to nonprofit leaders, because we want to hear and learn how they are making one small difference through their commitment to the common good. Kind of embedded in that idea is that all of us can do something. Like we, we can't change the world by ourselves, but together, if we do this collectively, we have a much better shot of affecting outcomes for our neighborhoods and cities in the long term. And so our hope is not just to put out great content and high quality podcasts. Our hope is really to help facilitate conversations and dialogue within a broader community about how we can do this together. And we're working on some different ways to do that. And we would love to share those things as they come along. But if you're interested in, in being a part of that community and you're interested in those ideas, uh, would you kind of make yourself known by liking us on Instagram, one underscore small underscore difference by following us on Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash OSD pod. Uh, also, if you could subscribe and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to it on whichever platform you listen to it, that really does help other people find it. Uh, we're so grateful that you would even take a few minutes of your life to tune in to, to the show. And, um, we are really excited about the, uh, the way that things have gone so far. And we really look forward to seeing, uh, what can happen when we all come together to live for the common good. Here's the show. We believe with every fiber in our being that God created healing in our body and we just have to unlock it. Like God didn't make us to break down one organ system at a time. And so often we're like, oh, we're just getting old. But at the end of the day, there is a reason, there is a cause, and we feel like it's our job to figure it out for people.
David, I would ask you what stood out to you the most about the conversation with Dan and Allison. Yeah. But we would both have the same answer, I think, which is how hilarious the conversation was. It was pretty hilarious. It was actually so hilarious that after we left, I wondered in the back of my mind if we recorded anything <laughs> that we could actually make a podcast out of. But uh, totally. But we did because there were, were the, we had good conversation about a lot of really great topics and it was too fun, yeah. you know? It was. There was that part where you challenged the legitimacy of chiropractory. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was chiropractory. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we learned that the true way to say this is the chiropractic service. Yeah, sure. Chiropractic. But you actually did a pretty great job of being the voice of people that might be listening to this saying, I don't know that this is legit. Yeah, I mean, so get this, though. Like, after the interview... I take my wife down there, all right? Okay. And they do the thing to figure out what's wrong with the back because everybody has a spine, and that's what they specialize that's in. That's what they say, yeah. Right. So my wife started going to the chiropractor, and it's really helpful. Like, they, it's not black magic. Uh-huh. It's not snake oil. Like, it legitimately is something that can totally help, which... I mean, I'm glad that I was enlightened about that. This podcast is sponsored by. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously. I mean, we covered a lot of stuff in this, and eventually we did get to the question that we ask everybody, to which Allison had a very provocative answer. Yeah. That shocked me, and I thought about it for weeks. You're at a dinner party and you're, you know, around a bunch of people that you don't know and you're meeting people and asking, asking you that question <laughs> that everybody always asks, yeah, what do you do? How do you answer that question? We well, change people's lives. Yeah. We help people get their health back. Because if you say, oh, I'm a chiropractor. Oh, yeah, oh, I've had this back problem. <laughs> oh, Could you adjust me in this closet? Yeah. Or? But why, do you know what the funny thing is? Why is it every is? time I stand up, my knee clicks? It's so funny. No, but if you were to tell me that, that you were a plumber, I'm not going to start asking you about my pipes and the things dripping in my basement. Like, it's so I funny. Might. I so might. Too. I think oh, you're wrong God. about that, I'm Allison. Never Actually, mind. I got a picture on my phone. <laughs> no, speaking, speaking of that, Toilet though, because we, it is, there, there is so much misconception, and especially with different generations about chiropractors, but one person, and, and I tried to say this with, with a small amount of grace, but um, he said, oh, yeah, I went to chiropractic. Oh, my gosh. You know, it didn't fix it. And so I just I just left and I'm never going back because they're just crazy. <laughs> and and or, you know, something hurt a little bit more or or whatever the case. But I just looked at him and I was like, dude, if you had a plumber come out and they didn't fix your stuff right, are you just going to say to hell with plumbing? Right. No, you're going to find a new plumber. Mm. Yeah, there's no outhouse going no. in the backyard after that, right? Yeah, no, yeah. You talk, try talking your wife into going out back to, no, it's not, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, so it is, it's, I don't know. It's just funny when you tell people you're a chiropractor. So yeah, we've actually practiced that. So when you ask us what we do, we help people get their health back. So a lot of people have heard of chiropractors, but they might not know what chiropractics is as a, as a practice. So how would you condense it, you know, for, for dumb people like me? Okay, so your nervous system controls and runs your entire body. 
Your spine protects your nervous system, but the position of your spine determines how your nervous system functions, and it also determines how your body ages. So we are trained specifically to look at your spine and and discover areas where there are fixations, uh, which are called subluxations. And we're, we're, so we're trained specifically to address those areas and then correct the subluxation. That's what an adjustment is. Adjustment looks many different ways. There's many different techniques, but at the end of the day, our goal is to balance your spine, allowing your nervous system to control and your body to facilitate healing. And I know that it takes a lot of study to actually learn all of the skills behind that, but I also know that um, many people are kind of skeptical about that field of practice. And I was curious on the way here, just thinking about it, if you guys could um, unpack some of those and dispel some myths. You know, because people, like how many times have you heard people say, oh, I don't believe in chiropractic. And sometimes I joke, I'm like, well, good, because it's not really a religion here. (laughs) Like, do you have a spine? Yes, that's what we specialize in. We specialize in taking care of your spine. So maybe part of what we'll talk about is why you should believe. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to believe. Do you find yourself being skeptical, David? Kind of. I mean, not on purpose, maybe, but just because I have a lack of exposure. I think maybe the chiropractic field has had a bad rap because of maybe some, you know, bad actors in that field over time. And I think there's probably a little bit of a... um, a gap that needs to be overcome for yeah. you guys to actually connect with people that put trust in methods that you have under your belt that are effective. Yeah. So there's there's actually a lot of politics in how chiropractic, well, after it was founded, um, there is a really cool documentary called Undoctored, and they went through the process of really unveiling how uh, doctors in medical school were taught, never send your patients to a chiropractor, they'll kill them. Like they... Um, they tried to totally eradicate the profession. And then they went to court and there, I mean, there was huge lawsuits over it and they actually were found guilty. Like the chiropractors won and they found substantial evidence that they like purposefully were trying to, to destroy the profession of chiropractic. So, um, and we kind of look at anything that is like a big movement and going to change health and, and change our lives. And, um, there's always resistance there. I mean, within the chiropractic, there's so many different ways that you can practice. I mean, some people only focus on nutrition. Some people don't even do adjusting. It's all, you know, focusing on the brain and concussions. Um, A lot of people do like the spinal corrective care that we do. I mean, there's so many different ways to adjust. I feel like that's kind of, you know, a lot of times we kind of work against each other because it's like, no, this is the best thing. No, this is the best thing. It's like, you know, we're not all like on the same page with, you know, exactly what to do in the, in the chiropractic realm. So I think, well, I feel like that's why a lot of people are like, ah, chiropractors. Yeah. Cause there's a beautiful part too, that it it is, it's an art because the way I adjust you is different than the way Dr. Dan will adjust you and different the way Dr. Russell will. Um, so I do tell people too, chiropractors, they could be like shopping for blue jeans. Why don't you just keep going until you find one that fits? Because last time I checked, you probably had a spine. So why did you guys choose to go into chiropractics? So I was a sick kid. I had allergies and asthma that just, you know, we bounced around from inhalers to steroid inhalers and oral steroids and antibiotics. And it just was a nasty, vicious cycle. And, um, you know, our, our pediatrician was my dad's best friend. Like, I know he would have done anything he could 
uh, to help, but we ended up with breathing machines at home. I mean, it was, it was terrible. I remember crying because I couldn't go to school because it was, it just, it sucked. I didn't get to see my friends and, and be like who I wanted to be. And then, um, in high school, I was a hurdler and I, it was one of those days where, you know, when you look outside and, and everybody's joints are aching, is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? And people are getting headaches. Well, those are the days my lungs were the weakest and I couldn't breathe. So basically I wanted to win state. That was like just my big driving goal, you know, and when you're 18, that's just, I wanted nothing more than that. Um, but it was one of those days. So I'm using my inhaler and we're doing all the things that, you know, we think we know how to, to help my body. But anyways, I lost that race and felt like I, like something was taken from me and I wasn't going to be able to be the, the person that I was designed to be because of my lungs. Like, and you, you enter this emotional kind of battle with yourself of like not trusting your body. Like you're disappointed. You feel held back. Like, I'm sure people are kind of resonating with that, but, um, that something clicked in my brain and I was like, I'm going to be a doctor that fixes people. You know, I wrestled, played football in, in high school, had injuries, um, and, you know, I never, you know, once was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a chiropractor. I went to study uh, exercise science, and I just remember doing my 16-week internship, after, you know, right the summer before I graduated. And I was standing there, I was doing, like, teaching step aerobics, spin classes. I was like, this is fun for right now, but, you know, I really can't picture myself doing this when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old, you know. So I was like, I want to go, you know, I don't want to, like, divert and go a completely different path than other than the human body and health so was, you know I talked to my my butt my one of my uh, college teammates Chuck and you know literally he was down in chiropractic school I was like hey what are you doing he's like I was down at chiropractic school he's like yeah come down here I think you like this so I went down there toward the campus kind of learned more about it and you know and it just made sense to me because I was you know always into you know, not hippie things, but you know, if I'm outside, like I want to have my shirt off because if the sun's out, I need to be out in the sun because I feel like, okay, I was always like, you know, I feel like the sun recharges me. And it's like, hey, every time I wear shoes, I feel like I'm tired. So, you know, if I get out, get my shoes off and, you know, and grounding and, you know, just learning that if I eat fast food all the time, my body's going to run like garbage and I'm going to feel like crap. So it's like, hey, the more you learn about, you know, healthier eating and, you know, it just all made sense to me. I was like, okay, well, this is something I can, I can get down with and went down to school. And obviously he was supposed to be there because then he met the love of his life. That's me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we met, <laughs> isn't it? The stories that people believe, those are the things that actually shape their behaviors. And so... You know, a lot of us grew up with this, uh, with a certain story. It's the the culture that we grew up in, the water that we swim in, and it's sometimes hard for us to get outside of that, even when we realize that it's not working. So we can look around and say, okay, it doesn't seem like um, the food that I'm eating is working, right? It's like, I love Tombstones. I love Ben and Jerry's, Okay. <laughs> You guys can sponsor the podcast if you want. <laughs> Love these things. But I know they're not healthy, right? I just, I, I brought in a sweet tea from Chick-fil-A, you know, into your, sorry, into your office. <laughs> sorry you didn't bring us any Chick-fil-A, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
we all know by this point because of because of documentaries on Netflix and the the amount of information that's out there like how bad sugar is for our bodies but it doesn't seem to be changing the way that a lot of us eat and live so what do you think are some of the core beliefs that an average american family has that um that you guys are confronting with your business well, I feel like most people wait until they get a diagnosis or a disease before they'll change. So it's up to us to get to them before that happens. Because once it happens, then it's it's hard to reverse it. Okay, so in the U.S., all people that are 40 and above, one in three of those people will have a diagnosis. So that's what I was just going to interject there. But, um, yeah, people, people what do What kind of diagnosis? They, oh, anything from, from diabetes or Hashimoto's. And now we're looking at autoimmune and, um, I mean, heart disease and cancer are now affecting one in two people, one in two people. And is that normal? That's it's, supposed it to be is normal. Technically, our what is it is our normal in this country, but so this is what is common. But is that normal for our bodies to fail like that? No. And then we also we just like you said we we operate from an identity that we have for ourselves. And so you're right when people are looking at um, a tombstone pizza versus cauliflower and chicken and steak or, you know, whatever. Um, it's kind of like, we kind of have to go back. What made you make that decision in the first place? Like what, um, and sometimes people have really damaging things. Like maybe they've associated with a disease or something in their family. And like, maybe they feel like they don't deserve health or, um, I mean, pain is integrated into our DNA. And so when you are feeling pain, like it just becomes a part of you and it becomes a part of your language. It becomes a part of your decisions, your, um, so I'm kind of going somewhere with this, but I don't know if it's the same place you are. So go ahead. <laughs> it's a great direction. It's so we do, it is like we operate from our identity. So at the end of the day, if you made nine decisions that you felt were less than fabulous today and you're looking at why. Like, why did you make those decisions? Like, we're constantly working on that stuff and, and you know, just just digging deeper. Like, how can we how can we be better? How can we pull these things out? Um, and I believe a lot of it comes right back to um, just, you know, who God created you to be. Part of the reason that we damage our bodies are self-destructive tendencies. And I feel like it all starts with little lies in our head. So. A lie like. A lie like you don't deserve, you don't deserve health or you don't Meaning do- maybe because of my experience, I'm, this is a consequence of my choices that's normal or yeah. maybe my grandparents and my parents have struggled with this. It's obviously a genetic thing that I have no control over, things like that. Yes. Or maybe even, you know, somebody who had a, a parent that just made them um, constantly feel like they just weren't good enough or they had someone else in their life. And even if that parent didn't intend to, right, we're all damaged by our parents no matter how good they are. <laughs> we just plan on screwing up our kids. No, I'm just joking. That's <laughs> terrible. No, so there's just so many different ways, like like insecurity. Where where does that come from? Like why, um, why do we have these self-destructive tendencies? And it's... Um, Man, when people are sick and they start to identify with something, it is really hard to pull them out. So when we say all the things, when you talk about somebody recovering their health, we know that healing their emotions is going to be a component of that. 
because of the way pain and, and sickness is stored in our body. So it's always a part. I mean, you're making me think about things in other areas of life other than maybe just like health health, but like traditions are things that we inherit from generations that came before us and laid the foundation for the framework in which we exist. And some of those things go without being said, and we can't put our finger on it because it's so ingrained into who we are as an individual that it's difficult to isolate and pull out from our matrix of existence and say, this needs to be corrected. But essentially what you're doing is helping people recognize the fact that there are pieces of who we are that maybe are less healthy than they should be, and they can be different. The trick is convincing people to recognize that there are pieces that can be changed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really you have to take them, and some, with some people, I mean, it's just it's baby steps, too. It's like literally, you know, you can't just dump everything, all the things no. on a lot of people. It's like, hey... You know, take a look at like if people do, you know, eat fast food for every meal. It's like, hey, maybe let's, you know, see if they if you can switch out the French fries for the salad. So like, you know, really starting where where the person is right where they're at and then kind of like, you know, taking them up the steps one step at a time instead of just like skyrocketing them because then then they'll they'll quit and they'll just go they'll go back. Let's say there is and someone listening to this podcast and they are sick slash in pain slash on a ton of medications slash feeling kind of hopeless about their life and their future. Maybe they have a diagnosis or maybe they don't have a diagnosis either way. Like what would you say is like a one thing that they could do today that would set them on a different trajectory for life. The first thing is always to change your mindset. We all know your thoughts turn into feelings and or emotions and then into actions and then they just embody in your body. Change your mindset. You deserve health. Hmm. So you have a successful chiropractic practice. Has it been easy to get to where you are no. now? No. And <laughs> no. Wh- what have the biggest challenges been slash what are they right now? Challenges right now and every day are changing people's mindset. Challenges as a business... Let's just say you went to chiropractic school and you racked up somewhere between two and $300,000 of loans. And then you met some cute guy with a motorcycle and you said, hey, you want to combine your loans? We should combine them. We should get married. That's great. Okay. Uh, And then we got to move and then we're going to start a practice. So we're going to go even further in debt. Um, And then you start practicing and you realize that insurance is not really covering things and and you're going to just go all cash. Well, then people are real pissed off about that, that their insurance is not paying for it and they're paying for their insurance. But at the end of the day, guess what? Your insurance doesn't pay you to get healthy Um, and it doesn't pay for you to stay healthy. Um, So challenges as a business owner, it's hard. It really is hard because... um, not just insurance and healthcare and things like that, but you know you have overhead and then you have employees and and training and um, we have probably poured 
most of any of our profit into seminars. And so it's like, hey, I need to know more about thyroid stuff. So we go to a seminar about that. Hey, we need to know more about life coaching and and pulling people out of these, you know, these mindsets of sickness and poverty. Um, And so we, I mean, we're going to seminars all the time. I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to run a business. So it was really cool. It was funny. We had our, our sixth birthday and the mayor came out and did a ribbon cutting and they gave us this plaque and he read something, you know, just about things for contributing to our community and just being a business. And for the first time, I was like, hell yeah, we did that. We're doing this. Like it's, it's okay because when you are running, I mean, it's hard. It really is hard. Are there particular non-negotiable values that you would uphold to the detriment of your profit margin? And what are they? As far as business, Dan and I are spending just a lot of time really digging deep, like what motivates us, what drives us. And while we have a lot of great answers for that, one is not is not money. <laughs> like some people are driven by money. And, um, you know, when you really get to the core of who someone is, how they run a business is, is pretty important. So I would say if we could just answer that in, we like taking care of people and we'd give it away if we could. <laughs> Let's talk about success for a second, because success is a big part of this. How we define success is a big part of our cultural story that we've been given. And we've been taught that success is um, get a good education so that you can get a good job, so that you can make lots of money, so that you can buy nice, super comfortable things. 2.5 So that you can become independent. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. What would you guys say success is? For us or for everybody? If you got to the end of your life and you looked back on it, this venture, your family, all of this, what would have made it successful? Having fun. <laughs> I'm joking, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of serious. Within, I feel like so many people are just fun. so focused on... Oh, I got to make this much money. I got to afford this. I got to be able to do this. It's They bypass. And I asked someone the other day, or like had an extremely successful practice. And I'm like, you know, if you could do something differently, I was like, I would, I would have spent more time with my family. So let me translate. Like, your oh, I, would, I thought he was going to be like, tell me, oh, I would have done this, 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 this in business. And he's like, I would have spent more time with my family. He's like, they're almost grown up. And I feel like I was nose to the grindstone the whole time, like in the office trying to grow it to, you know, cause I had these goals in my head and I wanted to hit this and have the practice like this. And he's like, I feel like I missed out on a lot of my, my childhood. So that's like, for me, it's like, Hey, you know, Titus Tuesday where I'm hanging out with my son and Friday afternoons and Saturdays. And, you know, I try and spend as much time with them as, as possible. And so the clear up real quick, cause you keep saying having fun. What is fun to you? I mean, you just talked about Titus Tuesdays. <laughs> um, oh, hanging out with my wife is so much fun. <laughs> this is not a pass fail. I'll tell you what fun is for him. Fun is being outside in nature, whether he's barefoot. He really only wears boots if he has to chop firewood, which, I mean, does he really have to chop? No, he doesn't have to. But chopping firewood, skiing, wakeboarding, being at a lake, being on a mountain. All the fun things. All the I'm, But I know, but sometimes it's fun to clarify fun things. So I don't know. Get, like living life, like experiencing yeah. it, making memories, being free. Actually, I mean, I being alive, that's why being we, free. Yeah. yeah, free, like freedom. Our office name is is freedom. That's what it. You know, we help people 
you know, their bodies move and live in, in freedom and, you know, become free from disease and live freely. I feel like that's, you know, what our whole basis of life is. And yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. You guys think that what you're doing is going to matter in a hundred years? Yes. Why? Because, I mean, if you look at statistics right now, if we don't make a change in this country, everybody will be sick. So if a change isn't made, and that's what we do is change the directions of people alive, this country is going to be So right way. now, looking at our health now and, and the, the course of disease and like, I don't know that we'll be here in 100 years. Every doctor that stands on any stage is speaking about this because we are living in the most toxic generation. And, and the tox, I mean, it's not just our organs failing. It is. It's affecting our spine, our, our emotions, our mentality. Um, you have to change. Like, you have to stop going through the McDonald's drive-thru even though you think you have no time and you think you have no money and you think, you think like, we get, you know, wrapped up in that, um, like, Excuse mindset, I guess. Let's call it that. Convenience, Convenience. is more important than longevity. And um, what is that? The instant gratification. Like we're all about instant gratification in this society. But uh, you say, do we think it's going to make a difference? I know it's going to make a difference, but even if it makes a tiny difference, we can't not do this. I thought it would be fun to do a lightning round. What services do you offer and can you categorize them? So chiropractic, massage, detox and nutrition, and health coaching. Uh, Should you put your phone in your front pocket next to your heart? No. Okay. Should I crack my fingers? Do what you want. (laughs) That's not going to like give me arthritis. They say it doesn't. Not really. Who are they? It's probably the least of your problems. Researchers. Okay. When when uh, when my back feels like it's out of alignment and I lay on the floor and somebody pushes on it and it cracks, is that doing anything? Who is pushing on it? Not you. Oh. Not no. a trained they professional. Go see a professional. No. Probably not. If they're not in the light, right if people line are, of drive. If people are cracking their own things. spine, they're, they could potentially be making things worse. Yes. Oh, if they like do side to side, like in a chair or something like that? Yeah, because the actual fixation, because it wasn't adjusted properly, you're hypermobilizing joints above and below. Okay, and it's hyper, when you start saying hypermobilizing, you've ruined the lightning round. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Should, is there a better way to sleep, stomach side or back? Back. Not stomach. Should I have migraines continually? No. Should I have headaches continually? No. Should my joints crack when I stand up? No. If you have a headache every day, what are you going to do about it? Pop a pill, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, four ibuprofen, followed by two Excedrin, six hours later. It's time for us to have a conversation about the one thing that stood out to Kevin and I in the conversation with um, Allison and Dan at Freedom Family Chiropractic, not chiropractory, <laughs> chiropractic. <laughs> Kevin, um, could you articulate some of our thoughts about that? Yeah, the big thing that we landed on was that 
they challenge the status quo. Now, they are doing that in the medical industry and in terms of how we are taking care of our bodies and what it really means to facilitate healing in our bodies. But as a broader principle, challenging the status quo is a super important part of living for the common good because uh, it basically means that we are willing to question commonly held assumptions and really evaluate whether or not those things are true. Now, that process can be really painful, and you're obviously going to be out on a, on a limb when you're doing that. And in the course of the conversation, I don't know how much of that actually made it into the interview, but it did make it into the conversation. You know, it's, it can be a pretty painful and lonely thing to fight for something that you really believe in that is outside of the normal, defined accepted way of doing things. Um, The reason that we think this is such an important principle is if we're going to be a community of people that really try to make a better world, a different world with better outcomes for our neighborhoods and cities, we're going to have to do things different. We're going to have to challenge accepted, widely held beliefs um, that may be uncomfortable It may be lonely for us to do it, but it's worth it in the end because we really believe in it. So that was the big thing for us that stood out is that they're willing to put themselves on the line in order to challenge the status quo. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the One Small Difference podcast. We've had a blast. Hopefully you have as well. Another couple ways that you can engage with us, you can rate and review this podcast. That'd be super great because it does help other people find it. You can also follow us on Instagram, one underscore small underscore difference. Share this podcast with people that you think would benefit from it. Your friends, your neighbors, your mom and dad. These are great ideas. Ultimately, I think these concepts can challenge us to think about the way that we make decisions every day and appreciate the ramifications it has in our daily life. Yeah, and really, we believe that these little small differences can add up to really big differences long term. And so go out and live today in a way that will matter in 100 years. Shalom.